Oh, yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop. Wada. Yeah. Oh, what a difference about 20 some odd hours makes. Maybe closer to 16. Welcome back <clears throat> to Buy the Book. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, this is episode 14 of season two of the Corona Cup, and I know that because just yesterday I recorded episode 13, which I am both embarrassed and proud of in equal measure. I was uh, very off. Um, Yesterday was, I think, a mixture of lack of um, what what I call, me and my wife call big food. you know, not having a whole lot of protein, not having a whole lot of calories, just sort of, you know, snacking and, and not eating the right things. Um, and just, I, I don't even want to call it a lack of sleep, but just weird sleep. Uh, and I was uh, a mess. You heard it. Um, <clears throat> I'm embarrassed about it because I'm not usually like that. I like to think I have a relatively composed presence, um, even when we're talking silliness on the DDT podcast. Uh, And while, you know, yes, I enjoyed, you know, talking to the birds that are spying on me and doing all of those things back, I think that was season one. Um, You know, I am a little embarrassed at how, uh, how I came across on the audio. Not that I listen to it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm proud. Proud because I feel comfortable enough to share that with you. Um, I could have just deleted it and moved on. <clears throat> Tried again. And also proud because we still pulled off uh, what I would consider to be at least a, a mediocre episode. Uh, and I think there was probably actually some goodness in there. What with all the hot tags and the Glen on Glen action. Um, I teased those who send me hot tags, my little inner circle on Twitter, and I let them know that it was going to be two hot tags against each other for the first time. What I did not tell them is that they would be from the same person. Um, So with all that being said, this is episode 14. I have eaten. I feel more mentally calm, mentally focused. I think we will be able to get a good episode here. Uh, And I say that looking at this first team, and I teased it in the last episode, uh, 
were I to redo the rankings today, March, whatever it is, happy spring, this team would no longer be a number one seed. Uh, I, I don't know that they would be a number two seed. I think I might just throw them in the pack, um, which is weird because I loved this team, and I suppose I still love this team. And let's not bury the lead anymore. I am speaking of the revival. Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Not Dax, Harwood, and whatever the other guy's name is. Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood. What stupid names. Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood. Those are dumb names. So let me explain how I have fallen out of love with FTR. Um, They're a fantastic team. In ring, I I have rarely, not since the days of Arn and Tully and people of that ilk, have I seen actual tag team psychology and maneuvers done so well. Uh, The Revival and American Alpha still have, in my opinion, I think the best tag team match I've ever seen which was at some takeover. However, uh, I believe it's Scott Dawson, who is now Dax Harwood, um, is taking to Twitter and sending messages or replies to WWE talent and essentially, essentially, essentially um, calling them out or mocking them for not being able to respond. Because, of course, WWE it wants some level of influence over the social media platforms of their talents. Now, that's an entirely different debate um, that would take probably too much time to go into all of the intricacies of on a show that's supposed to be fantasy booking a tournament. But I will say, I don't mind that. If you're going to have a Sasha Banks WWE Twitter account, then if it's the WWE sponsored, if it is the Twitter account of the character on screen, then WWE has some control over that. And I think they should. If Sylvester Stallone made a Rambo Twitter account to promote a Rambo movie. Whoever made that Rambo movie should have some amount of control over it. Now, it's weird because social media is a relatively new thing. We haven't really figured out all of the rules for that. But in my opinion, if the it's the characters. Now, if um, Xavier Woods, for example, if he wants to create an Austin Creed Twitter account and have that be separate from at Xavier Woods WWE. I consider that different things. Uh, WWE should have some control over the Xavier Woods account, but not necessarily the Austin Creed account. And yes, it is a little murky. But when you are on there representing the WWE as that character, you should probably there should be some sort of control and WWE doesn't want their talent interacting with talents from other promotions. WWE doesn't want you to know that AEW exists. 
And that's a difference in philosophy between WWE and AEW. AEW wants you to know that WWE exists and that they're better than them. And so that's a different philosophy. WWE isn't acknowledging the competition because in their mind, and I firmly believe this, it's not really competition. Or if it is, it's competing with their third brand. So Dax Harwood going on to, I think, Sasha Banks thing and saying, what, we're not friends anymore? I don't think we're friends anymore because she never talks to me or whatever, is petty and juvenile. And for someone who is a throwback tag team and is supposed to represent that sort of thing, that is not the kind of thing I think Arn Anderson would have done had Twitter existed in 86, 87, 88. I don't think Arn Anderson, when he went to the WWF to become half of the Brain Busters, was going to at Ric Flair and say, what, we're not friends anymore? I don't think that was going to happen. So my opinion of the team, and Dax Harwood specifically, has plummeted because you are now being essentially a troll. And I don't like that. Maybe you're still a great tag team wrestler. I don't know. Is, is FTR still good? I don't know. I don't watch. But the revival in my head has lost something because of the events of the last thing. And the fact that they, you know, wound up le- either way. I don't love the revival as much as I used to. Long story short. Uh, They are taking on, however, the team of Harlem Heat 2000, which is Stevie Ray and Big T, a.k.a. Ahmed Johnson. And as much as I enjoy Ahmed Johnson and how he, you know, uh, was in no amount of shape in WCW, I can't give them the win over the Revival. So the Revival will win. I just decided to rant. Um to start that. So, Revival gets the win, Harlem Heat in the Constellation. All right, let's get into the random redacted list. There are three, count them three, hot tags in this episode. One from Glenn, one from Jeremy, one from Brandon Banks. This would be the final hot tag from Brandon Banks. We thank him for his service. Uh, I'm ready. You're ready. Let's begin. Our first team is the team of Kevin Sullivan and the Tasmaniac. This is early ECW, probably I would say Eastern Championship Wrestling. Kevin Sullivan in the that kind of pre-Taskmaster character. He has not yet gone back to WCW to become the Taskmaster, pretty sure. Um, this is the Tasmaniac where Taz was playing kind of the wild man, face-painted, wrestling barefoot. Kind of he's, he's the, the typical savage sort of guy. Not a bad team. You know, a pretty fun team. They worked as a, as a duo. It made sense seeing them together. I enjoyed them quite a bit. Um, I, had Taz been a little taller, maybe he would have made it to the Dungeon of Doom. Like he would have fit in with the Dungeon of Doom. Um, I suppose they had Meng and the Barbarians, so maybe they didn't need him. But, you know, there's an alternate universe, certainly, where Taz is maybe a little bit taller and goes to WCW and has a completely different career because of that. 
Uh, Sullivan and Taz are taking on another team from New Japan. Uh, this is the team of Manabu Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata. Now, this is a team that I know uh, more of, at least in terms of the individuals, because both Nakanishi, a.k.a. Kurosawa, and Yuji Nagata were in WCW. Um, so I'm familiar with them, and I'm familiar with them as a team in the more recent past, both wrestlers nearing retirement um, when I saw them. I think Nakanishi, they both may have retired uh, since then. This is tricky because I do enjoy, I enjoyed that team. They, you know, a lot of wrestlers in New Japan are not particularly flashy. Nagata, blue trunks. Uh, Nakanishi, black trunks. Hard-hitting, strong style. Uh, this match would be very good, seeing the two of them together. I'm not exactly sure who I would give the edge to, truthfully. I think, actually, I'm going to go with the um, New Japan team because I believe they teamed longer. And, you know, in, in recent episodes, we have discussed how... Uh, that matters in cases like this. So I am giving Nakanishi and Nagata the win. Kevin Sullivan and Taz, hard luck into the constellations. Let's move on. Our next team. Oh, all right. Interesting. Um, this is a team that may have only been. Uh, I, the team is Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. Let me make sure you all know that. Um, now I try to figure out the chronology. I, while I was in my quest, it was the end of 2000, Jindrak and O'Hare were a team. Palumbo and Stasiak were a team. They were both part of the same stable, which was weird. Now, did Palumbo and O'Hare team up near the end of WCW, or was this a uh, WWF invasion team? They picked Palumbo and O'Hare, who they believed had the most potential. I was never wild about Chuck Palumbo, and yet I loved me some Sean O'Hare. Really thought he could have been uh, Batista. There are many alternate universes in which Sean O'Hare is Batista, and Batista is uh, just a guy. So, I don't love this team, but I do appreciate at least half of it. And they are taking on, haha, our first hot tag of the day. It's the Hot Tag. The Calamari Catch Kings, better known as CCK, were Chris Brooks, a tall, gangly guy who you wouldn't have thought could wrestle his way out of a paper bag, is technically one of the best wrestlers on the planet today, along with a young, smaller, masked guy called Kid Dikos, the Wolf Boy. They formed a tag team that was phenomenal and probably the most decorated of all the tag teams that I've done hot tags on. Their accomplishments include a tag tag team champions five times, CZW tag championship one time, Hope tag team championships one time, Rev Pro one time, Progress three times, and Shropshire Wrestling Alliance one time, and Westside Extreme Wrestling, the German promotion, 
one time. Like I said, not only one of the best decorated, but also technically one of the best tag teams that I've spoken about on my hot tags. Glenn, as always, thank you so much for your hot tag. Um, The only one from you on this episode. Uh, I love that you listed all of the accomplishments for CCK, although to be honest, you could have stopped with they're the Calamari Catch Kings. Had you just told me that and that alone, that would have been enough to give them the victory over Palumbo and O'Hare. Um, at some point, someone will have to tell me why Calamari is part of their name. Uh, but I didn't know anything about them, and now I feel like I need to go look them up. So thank you to my good buddy, Glenn. Let's continue here with the tournament. Where am I? I don't even know. There I am. Let's move on. Uh, the Dream Team. Which, if you haven't seen the Dream Team movie, Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, oh, what's his name? The dad from Everybody Loves Raymond, who I know his name, but, oh, monkey, I have to look that up. Hold on. Begins with a P. Peter. Peter. Peter Boyle. There it is. Uh, That's a pretty good movie. That was one of those random movies that we owned. Like, we had a random collection of movies when I was a kid, and one of them was The Dream Team, and I watched it many, many times. We were a Michael Keaton household. We had Batman, we had Mr. Mom, we had The Dream Team. I don't know why we liked Michael Keaton so much, but we did. Uh, The Dream Team, in a wrestling sense, is Brutus Beefcake before he was ever a barber or a butcher or a shark or a Zodiac or any of that. Um, And, my God, who is the other? Greg Valentine, right? Oh, my goodness. I have to turn in my... uh, Get away from me, Google Assistant. I have to turn in my fan card if I don't... Yes. Okay. (laughs) For a second there. Yes, it was Greg Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, the Dream Team. Excellent team. Uh, Had some great matches in those early pay-per-views, which didn't have a lot of great matches. I seem to recall one against the Bulldogs. That was delightful. I'm a fan of the Dream Team, even though I couldn't remember half of them. They are taking on, ooh, this would be fun, the Freebirds. And in this case, this is the, the version with uh, Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. Uh, Terry, Gordy, Terry Gordy, Buddy Roberts, not a part of this. This is Hayes and Garvin as the Freebirds versus the Dream Team. You hardcore fans, you know which one I'm talking about specifically down there in Nolan's way. Um are probably salivating at the idea of Beefcake and Valentine versus Hayes and Garvin. Oh, but when it comes to me, I have to go with the team that I remember more vividly, even though I forgot who half of them was. Um, I'm going to give this to the Dream Team. Uh, There may be people yelling at me right now that I would dare... Uh, not give the Freebirds the win, but I know the Freebirds are in this tournament elsewhere and probably won if we haven't gotten to them yet. I don't recall, but either way, Dream Team, I'm giving the win. Uh, Freebirds in the Constellations, though I have a feeling they'll defeat Palumbo and O'Hare. Next up, a recent team that I just adored, um, the team of Seth Rollins and Murphy. 
two of my favorites in-ring styles. We know how I feel about Murphy. We have a long history back to 2015, I want to say. Um, Seth Rollins, I enjoy very much. Few people I enjoy in the ring more than Seth Rollins. Uh, short team didn't quite live up to the potential that I would been hoping for them, although the fact that it was supposed to, I think, elevate Murphy didn't quite do that. COVID was a weird time. Uh, they are taking on... <laughs> okay, well, good. Uh, this would be an excellent match. They're taking on um, Epico and Primo. Now, this is not the Shining Stars. Now, this is not any other version of Epico and Primo, who may or may not appear later in this tournament at some point. There is one version of them we have not talked about yet. Um, this would be another fantastic matchup. Like four great, you know, Primo Cologne and Epico Cologne, uh, fantastic wrestlers. Uh, Epico specifically, very good. Um, so this would be a great in-ring match, but yes, obviously Rollins and Murphy are going to get the win here. Oh, a team that I have been watching, not that I've been keeping up with the quest, but ECW 2000, late 2000, months away, weeks away from folding. Uh, most of their talent gone. They're they're living off of RVD, who's probably got one foot out the door already. Um, the Sandman's still kicking around. Tommy Dreamer's doing the best he can to put over other talent. And they've got a series of tag teams. We're talking Doring and Roadkill. We're talking Nova and Chetty. And we're talking the team of Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger. I love me some Simon Diamond. Johnny Swinger... Just fine. He's dressed like a really bad bootleg Shawn Michaels. But they were not a bad team uh, in ECW in 2000. I enjoyed them quite a bit. They are taking on uh, the team from Ring of Honor that I enjoyed quite a bit. And this would be the team of Silas Young, the last real man, and the Beer City Bruiser. Again, I bet that match would be very good. I think it would be good. Simon has a problem. He's got his, you know, he's got like a butler and he's got the musketeer and other people around. Uh, but I I do enjoy me some Silas Young quite a bit. And the Beer City Bruiser for a big guy, not only very friendly on Twitter and likes when I talk about him, but just incredibly talented pro wrestler. Silas Young and the Beer City Bruiser get the win. Uh, sleeper match in the Constellations, Primo and Epico. Versus Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger would be, to quote GQ, pretty good. Let's move on. We got another hot tag. We haven't heard this man's magnificent voice in quite a while. Brandon Banks, please tell me about Strike Force. Strike Force. Rick Martel and Tito Santana made up the team Strike Force. Often overlooked during conversations about the best tag teams in the 80s, Strikeforce had the talent and skill to compete with teams like the Hart Foundation, the British Bulldogs, and Demolition. The underrated team ended in a dramatic split, relaunching even more extensive singles careers for both Martel and Santana. Bonus points to Brandon Banks for not using the word Chico when describing that. Um, 
Strike Force was good. Strike Force was that quality team you need. If you're going to have a really deep tag team division, you need a team like Strike Force who are not going to be your your headliners, your bulldogs, your heart foundation. But they are that team that can go against in this case it would be the heels. Um, and really make them look good while also having moments of looking good themselves. And I remember Coliseum Home Video sitting on the floor in my grandmother's house. And when Rick Martel turned on Tito, I was shocked. That was one of the early turns that I remember uh, from my early days of watching wrestling. So quality team in Strike Force. Thank you again to Brandon Banks, you sultry man. Strike Force is taking on... Oh, this team, this team, this team. Uh, we have the smoking guns. Now, this is not uh, cowboy smoking guns, uh, or at least not the original babyface cowboy bringing actual six shooters into the ring, Billy and Bart, with mullets. This is once Sunny, that vixen, got her hands on poor Billy and Bart. Um, so this is the heel version of the smoking guns. Uh you know, I, I fully admit that as a uh, as a young teenager, I was all about that. I totally empathized with Billy Gunn. I would have been the exact same way. This match would be very good, but I think, of course, uh, you got to go with Tito and Martel over the smoking guns, even with uh, Sonny's evil influence at ringside. I think we're safe there, but... Oh, boy. Um, let's see. Uh, the number two team is the Valiant Brothers. I don't know a lot about the Valiant Brothers, although I do know one of them, I believe, managed the Dream Team. So that one, Johnny Valiant, I believe, uh, gets double dipping here on page 27. And they are taking on, yes, yes, finally. You want to talk about double dipping. This team, I was just teasing them a few people ago. Let's talk about Diego and Fernando, let's talk about Los Matadores and what an amazing team that was. Why, I can remember back in the day, I was watching this team. Between 2016 and 2019, that tune rang out throughout Europe, terrorising tag teams wherever they went, because it meant that Ring Camp were on their way. Walter, Alexander Dieter Jr., soon to become Marcel Bartel, were members of Ring Camp alongside Timothy Thatcher and Christian Michael Jacobi. They ran riot throughout Europe for four years. In September 2016, Axel Jr. teamed with Walter and Thatcher to defeat the Mac, Francis Caspin and John Klinger to win the first tag team titles at WXW, the German promotion. They went on to win those titles three more times. They then moved on to progress, again terrorising tag teams wherever they went, unfortunately running up against British Strong Style and never ever getting a chance to win the titles. 
before in 2019 moving on to WWE and becoming Imperium. So that's why I really believe that Los Matadores could be potentially the best team in this entire tournament. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. What? What's that you say? Ring Kampf invaded and took out the Matadors before they made it to the ring? Even El Torino? Oh, tragedy. Tragedy has befallen us here on the Corona Cup. Uh, Glenn sent me uh, Ring Kampf's hot tag. Wasn't on his list. Uh, I don't believe that team actually even made it onto my master list, which is my own fault. And I thought, what better way to just have a little fun? And I have to say, the enjoyment I got out of that music, the fact that he included the music, mwah, chef's kiss. Or as they say on Fat Man Beyond, Jeff's kiss. Uh, yeah, I'll give Ring Camp the win over the Valiant Brothers because I don't know enough about the Valiant Brothers. So here are our round two matchups for page 27. Uh, the Revival versus Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata. Probably a very stiff, entertaining match. CCK, the Calamari Catch Kings versus the Dream Team. Probably pretty good. Rollins and Murphy versus Silas Young and the Beer City Bruiser. Excellent. And Strike Force versus Ringkampf. Also excellent. We are halfway home. We're, these episodes are getting longer and longer, I think, because I'm just ranting more and more. And I'm okay with that. Hope you are as well. Let us begin page 28 and let us talk about uh, one of, if not the best team of the past decade, if not, perhaps when else is said and done, of all time. Let's feel the power of the New Day. Uh, Kofi and Xavier and Big E, whatever iteration we're going with, I don't think I put either in. I, I think the team that I'm going with here would probably have to be Kofi and Big E uh, with Xavier and Francesca at ringside. They are taking on Public Enemy, the watered-down WCW version of Public Enemy. Um, yeah, it, is that the only team uh, on our list where I think they were a number one seed and perhaps a number 16 seed? Is that possible? You know, ECW, clearly trendsetters, um, introduced, I believe, the whole concept of the you know, broken tables and things along probably with New Jack. Um, but they were great. And then they go to the WWF for like five seconds. They go to WCW and they never really were able to be who I think uh, anyone was hoping that they would be. They could not capture the Heyman magic without Paul Heyman. Uh, so yes, so New Day clearly gets the win there. Moving back into the redacted brackets, we uh, only have one hot tag left. Uh, we go from Public Enemy to another team that I think started, actually they may have started in Smoky Mountain. This is the team of PG-13. J.C. Ice and Wolfie D, they were the rappers for The Nation at one point. That was when I was first aware of them. They moved on to WCW briefly. They had a career kind of in the territories. One of them is the son of Jamie Dundee. I think that's J.C. Ice. Um, they were two little guys who dressed like hoodlums. I Again, I mentioned this when talking about the headbangers, I believe, on the last episode. I knew people like PG-13. There were a lot of kids in my high school 
who wanted to, who were acting thug, even though they are from rural New England. So they are in no way thug, but they tried real hard. Um, so I didn't enjoy PG-13, but actually now I appreciate them more because of the memories that they elicit. And they are taking on uh, another tag team that I didn't appreciate at the time, but do now. And that is Right to Censor. Um, at the time, the music was annoying, and I thought the gimmick was kind of dumb. But now, music's still annoying. Um, but I kind of get it. You know, being an old man now, I, I, I kind of uh, am with Right to Censor. The things that they're censoring are things I would also probably not want on my television with, you know, I have students who watch wrestling. I would not want them to see the godfather. Uh, I appreciate the good father. Um, so this is Bo Buchanan and the good father. They're going to get the win over PG-13. Two big guys versus two little guys uh, who weren't super high flyers or anything. Um, right to censor gets the win. Did I put PG-13 in the constellations? I did not, but I did now. Uh, this is the team of Mexican America. I am familiar with half of this team. Uh, Hernandez from TNA uh, and Anarchia. I don't know who that is. Um, I assume this is kind of LAX part two, maybe Homicide left or hum, they you know, disbanded as a team and Anarchia replaced Hernandez. OK, uh, they are taking on Simon Diamond, getting twice the love on this episode. Uh, they are getting the team of the extreme horsemen who are CW and Simon Diamond. Now, CW Anderson. I like me some C.W. Anderson a lot. I'm giving the Extreme Horseman the win. I can just tell you that right now. Uh, you know, C.W. Anderson, again, very good wrestler. Doesn't look like a wrestler. Does look a bit like an Anderson. Uh, look a bit like Arn. Look a bit like Ole. Um, not that they were related. But similar kind of balding, scruffy, you know, not super muscular. And Simon Diamond, what can I say? I loved me some Simon Diamond. Uh, so I'm giving the win to the Extreme Horseman, even though I don't think maybe the Extreme Horseman show up in TNA. But I actually think that's kind of that weird in-between um, WCW folds, ECW folds. TNA doesn't really start until 2002. The Extreme Horseman might have been in-between. Although, actually, now that I think about it, I think MLW. Uh, might have something on the YouTube with the Extreme Horseman. So we'll have to see. I'll probably find that while I'm waiting for Peacock to get its act together. Whoa, where am I going? The Smoking Guns doubling up here on this. We got a lot of repeat business here on this episode. Probably, you know, as we get closer to the end, these names are more likely to show up. Uh, this is, or these are, the Cowboys, pew, pew, smoking guns with their six shooters and their uh, light trench coats and their cowboy hats. Um, very much in the cartoony characters of the early to mid 90s um, for the smoking guns. And they are taking on Big Vito and Johnny the Bull, uh, which I believe is WCW. Um, yeah, both good. Johnny Stamboli, a.k.a. Relic 
you know, decent wrestler. Big Vito, pretty good wrestler. Again, another one of those guys like your Justin Credibles, your uh, Thrashers. I talked about him on the last episode. Um, former enhancement talent made good. But I think I can give the win in this case to the Smoking Guns. Smoking Guns, multi-time tag champs, I believe, as baby faces. Um, I don't think I can say the same for Big Vito and Johnny the Bolt, though I could be wrong. So we'll give the win to the Smoking Guns in that sense. Oh my goodness. We haven't heard from Jeremy yet this episode. Glenn snuck in a second one, took over my thoughts on Los Matadors. Um, but let's hear from Glenn, uh, Jeremy. Oh my goodness. Let's hear from Jeremy as he talks about a team that I probably would love and I can't wait to look up. Uh, tell me about Ted DiBiase and Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Yossi had been around the world several times by the time he and Dr. Death got together in Mid-South. Doc was still new to the business and needed a guiding hand, so he was given to the veteran DiBiase. DiBiase was well-established as a top babyface in the territory at the time, and that gave Doc the rub he needed. Mid-South fans fell in love with his very real sports-based background and the way he brutalized his opponents. The pair won the Mid-South Tag Team Championships two times. They held the titles until they were rebranded as the UWF Tag Team titles, eventually dropping them to the Sheep Herders. This effectively ended the pairing as DiBiase took a tour of Japan before eventually landing in the WWF. But their success and charisma as a team could not be denied, and the brawling Dr. Death of a technician Ted DiBiase won the hearts of fans all over the Mid-South Territory. I'm excited that I'm going to be starting to look into YouTube and really finding some of this old stuff because, you know, the UWF, I believe was the name of it, uh, is a promotion that I've really wanted to explore and haven't really had the chance to because it didn't wind up on the network. And now that I've got this little kind of free period where I am going to wait for Peacock to sort of have everything uploaded, hopefully I'll be able to find some great wrestling. That's my next spreadsheet actually is starting to put in all of the YouTube stuff I can find because then I want to put it chron chronologically and, you know, just be just be crazy with it. Uh, so DiBiase and Williams are the team. Thank you to Jeremy. They are taking on the team of Kane and X-Pac. Now, this is tough because Kane and X-Pac were a pretty good team. Didn't last super long, but they were a pretty good team. Tag team champions. Um, there's that... Mandela effect where you think that you've seen Kane in like a green DX outfit like instead of the red it was the green I don't believe that ever happened but a lot of people seem to recall that in their memories um, but I will go with the hot tag and I will give it to DiBiase and Dr. Death if only because I really you know I have a deeper appreciation for X-Pac Sean Waltman now that I've watched 93 to 2000 and have seen him be a big part of all of that i just don't care for him it's just it's my own thing i accept that all right 
the filthy animals. Kidman and Rey Mysterio. This is Rey Mysterio in that brief period where he was unmasked but had weird devil horns for a little while. Tigress was around. I enjoy that team. I think they may have even teamed before being the Filthy Animals, but the Filthy Animals is how I see them. Uh, Good team. Both of them great. Kidman should be a Hall of Famer. Um, You know, nothing stellar, but a very good team. And they are taking on, ooh, this would be a fantastic uh, junior heavyweight matchup. Again, we go to New Japan. uh, Bushi and Takahashi. I... Now, this is the problem, because there are two Takahashis. Is this Daryl Takahashi, or is this the Tokyo guy Takahashi? You want to talk about right to censor, so let me look that up. Oh, it is is Daryl Takahashi, which makes it even better. Um, Again, my lack of New Japan knowledge makes me inclined to go with the team I do know, which is Kidman and Mysterio, they will get the win. Um, you know, somebody at some point will find this, you know, in the podcast archive, since these podcasts will, of course, live forever. We have to believe that. Um, somebody who is a hardcore New Japan fan will find this and just, you know, I'll be like 73 years old and I'll just get a series of scathing messages on whatever however we get messages, um, you know, hardwired into our brains um, from somebody who will take me to task that I would dare give some of these new Japan teams, I would not give them the win over these other teams. So Kidman and Mysterio get the win. Uh, The PYT Express. I had to look this team up the other day. Uh, This is Coco Beware and Norvell Austin. I don't know enough about them, though I do enjoy Coco Beware. Um, so the PYT, Pretty Young Thing Express, obviously taking a, a page out of, was that Michael Jackson's book? I think Michael Jackson did Pretty Young Thing. I want to love you, PYT, Pretty Young Thing. Uh, they are taking on Boogie Nights. Oh, well, all right, that match would be a whole lot of fun. Coco Beware and the Disco Inferno um, on the same, you know, in the same match. You got Alex Wright in there. Uh, that would be fun. Uh, we go with the team I've seen gets the advantage over the team I've not seen. So uh, my apologies to anyone who believes that the PYT Express should win. You're probably right, but I'm giving the win to the Boogie Knights. Disco and uh, Alex Wright advance. Um, Kane and X-Pac did not. That's just how this tournament goes sometimes. You know, that's how this tournament goes. Uh, our final matchup. The number two team is, uh, I would call them Harpro. I don't call them the Bludgeon Brothers. Luke Harper, how much we miss you. Um, and Eric Rowan, uh, members of the Wyatt family, they are taking on the Gangsters. What a great match, you know. Again, maybe this is another example of maybe I should be a little more thoughtful about the matchups here because should the Gangsters get a win in the first round? Probably. Should Boogie Nights have? No. Could I have switched those two and probably made things better for everybody? Yeah, but that's not what this tournament's all about. Um, the gangsters were great. You know, I, I call them the gangsters. It's the gangsters. Um, in Smoky Mountain, they showed up and 
you know, there were riots or borderline riots because Smoky Mountain Wrestling, they were in territories where guys who look like New Jack and Mustafa Saeed uh, don't get in the ring and say the things that they say. Uh, and so they they really knew how to push buttons. They really knew how to push the envelope. Um, they went on to ECW, had great matches, at great matches, great fights. Um, but I think, I don't know that anyone would blame me for giving Harpro the win. The gangsters will take on PYT Express. Whew. All right. We have wrapped up this episode. Here are the round two matchups for page 28. New Day versus Right to Censor. You include Stevie Richards, and you know there's, there's some serious story and entertainment to be had with that. The Extreme Horseman versus the Smoking Guns. Pretty good match. Uh, Ted DiBiase and Dr. Death versus Kidman and Mysterio. Excellent match. You know, technical brawling versus high flying. And then you've got the Boogie Knights versus Harper and Rowan. Uh, very solid card, I would say, all across the board on page 28. There are four more pages to go. Um, we are rapidly approaching the end of the first round. I'm, I have almost started the consolations multiple times, though I am trying to make sure I get this done first. <sighs> what a wild ride it's been. Thank you to Glenn. Thank you to Banks. Thank you to Jeremy. I am so grateful this episode at least feels like it is more coherent. Um, I've had in my mind, you know, I want to go make a baked pasta. So I'm probably going to head off and do that now. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I hope you eat something delicious today because every day should be filled with something delicious. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I would love to hear feedback. I would love to hear from people who listen to these shows. I would love to know what you think. I would love to know uh, if you are enjoying yourself. This chapter is closed. We will see you the next time we go by the book.